0: If you can stop talking for 10 seconds that would be fantastic. You want to hit the start timer on there? You want to hit You want to start podcasting genius.
1: Hey, Biff, why did the Lego people cross the road?
2: Good Lord.
1: Why did the Lego people
2: cross the road, uh, Jock?
1: They were on the wrong block. <laughs> <laughs> See, because Lego people are on blocks. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I'll, I'll win everybody back with this one. No, you uh, won't. Uh, hey, hey Biff, zero why did, chance. <laughs> hey Biff, why did poison ivy go to the hair salon? Why did poison ivy go to the hair salon, Jock? A touch-up of roots.
2: Yeah, you you really <laughs> won them over, Jock. That that was that was a huge comeback. My God, that is New England coming back from twenty-eight points down. Comeback. Yeah, it was
1: that good. Uh, 28 to 3, baby. Uh, Hello, everybody. Welcome to Carnival Personnel. This is Jacques. Uh, This
2: is Biff. And I regret coming back into this country (laughs) already.
0: Hi, everybody. This is Joe. And I was listening to uh, another comedian while Jacques was telling his (laughs) jokes. Yeah. so I didn't even hear what Jack was saying. Jack, can you repeat the jokes?
1: Well, you know what? That's the best compliment you've ever given me, Joe. You said another comedian as if Oops. I was one comedian. You just referred to me as a comedian by accident, and I'll take the win.
0: Yeah, you know what? You you, seem, you, you, you saw my true feelings there, and <laughs> I regret it. Uh, speaking of comedian, last
1: week's sideshow guest, uh, Brian Longwell, that was a lot of fun. That was a really, really fun talk, Joe. Thank you for jumping on to that one.
0: Oh no, thank you for inviting me. And uh, you know, yeah, it was a, it was a real family affair. He had his uh, wife uh, sitting there because you know he needed her help to get everything set up, and at the same time, she wanted to listen to him talk about his, you know, career and uh, chime in with little anecdotes. And he always referred to her like he would throw everything back to her every once in a while. So um, I was really I was this is more of a way for me to get uh, her to do the podcast versus Brian. Brian was just a a vessel in order to get to his wife to do the podcast. But no, everybody was delightful. And I I wonder if they actually listened. You
1: know, it's funny because he did. He uh, he sent me a very nice message. Both him and his wife enjoyed it. Nikki, Uh, it is funny that. He needed his wife to help figure out how to update the Zoom and download this and get online. On the other hand, just before we got on on to the Zoom to record, he was building a circuit board so he can build computers. Yep. <laughs> just get you. Uh, that was that. And I don't know. We're going to. There's a couple of side shows that I definitely want to get in uh, maybe before the end of the year my friend bill fay creative legendary pictures i would really like you know especially you joe to uh beyond i would like to have uh, wayne and wayne? anthony <laughs> oh well, no way Wayne, Wayne, wayne and, and friends of ours who have a podcast and you know joe's met wayne <clears throat> like two times now two or three times a couple times i think you've met him at different shows so yeah. um and i do i really like the podcast and as far as the comedians we've had what's interesting i would like to talk to them about is they started out together you know they're not a duo but they friends for a long time they've kicked around this idea and then they started at the same time uh start the podcast the same day they started their first open mic to kind of track their progress so they're they're a little different story and that's really interesting and they were both a lot of fun guys um and then i thought there's a friend of mine, Kip Helt, who, when I met Kip, he was president of game day operations of the Phoenix Suns and Arizona mm-hmm. Rattlers. And we've done a lot of sports events together. He's done, Arizona
2: Rattlers, is, uh, is that a ma- minor league
1: baseball team? Uh, I'm sorry. That is arena football. Arena football. Okay, got and, it. And he actually – Phoenix Suns
2: being NBA, of course. Yeah. But for those uh, who uh, don't uh, follow that – league
1: which also <laughs> he also did the mercury so okay, yep. and that building, in that building yeah yeah and that build. so he's doing like uh, you know like 45 suns games a year like 48 on average with playoffs and preseason, probably 50 the mercury probably 25 but,
2: so then, wait, wait wait you're saying if if the coyotes weren't like idiots and didn't do that glendale arena thing you could have gotten like you know hookups to Coyotes games,
1: dude. I who do you need hookups to Coyotes games? that the...
2: <laughs> that's true. Well, right now you do because they're playing in a tiny arena. But
1: yeah, the most uh, the most amazing thing about the Coyotes. Is they made it to the conference finals for the first time as a franchise, and that goes back to them being the Winnipeg Jets, right? And that was 2012 versus the Kings, right? And we personally have a half dozen friends who went out to game. Was it game one and two were out there for some reason? I think game one and two were in. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because um, the Kings were an eight seed in that tournament. And so they go out there for game one or two. It's the first time the old Winnipeg Jets coyotes had ever made it to the conference finals. And our friends got tickets at the box office day of, event. they didn't, they couldn't even sell out a conference finals at home, but anyways, but yeah, but you know,
0: I, I just wanted to interject here. I I know our target audience and they are not hockey folks. They, (laughs) uh, they don't care for the hockey talk. Um, they're here for the political commentary and uh the sidekick yucks from me
1: well so, well please. let's let's get into it with the the politics. How's the politics of Japan, and did you solve all Japan's problems on your trip biff <laughs> uh, it's interesting, you
2: know, so right now actually um we we didn't actually stay to watch it, but James actually got to see um a demonstration about to happen where these people were we were there when um the demonstrators were doing their so-called mic check with their megaphones. But um, so, in, in, you know, long story short, basically, they have some economic issues in Japan. They're talking about tax increases. And obviously, nobody likes tax increases. But over there, tax increases at least the demonstrations in the streets of Tokyo. So that was fun. But yeah, you know what? Uh, I, saw, I saw no crime while I was there. Um, James um, finally saw... Japanese policeman, as I had been describing to him, like firsthand, and his his thought on it was, you know, if I commit a crime, I could I think I could take him on. <laughs> <I>
0: think,
2: <laughs> you know, all they got the the most that they have are those batons, and I think I could take them on. I'm bigger than most of them. So that was his commentary on, you know. Crime in Japan, if he caused it. So,
1: so uh, for those who haven't picked up on it, Biff returned to the homeland, the land of the rising sun. Was uh, this the first time James has been back That's in a correct. while?
2: Yeah, yeah. It was well. It's it's the first time ever because of failures on my part. Uh, what happened was that uh, I originally had thought about taking him when he was much younger, and then my mom said, "You don't want to take a little child on your own to Tokyo. You know, it's a mess." And she goes, "Oh, you know what? You're right." So I decided I'll take James when he was, you know, closer to like, you know, 10 to 12 kind of a thing. So, I'll, you know, when he's basically a little bit more, you know, with it in terms of, you know, I don't have to carry him all over the place. Well, um, I was planning a trip for the summer of uh, 2011. And apparently there was some kind of a natural disaster over in Japan. Mm. And so uh, my mom said, yeah, you know what? They're conserving energy everywhere because, um, and I don't know if you know this, but when the tsunami happened in Japan and we had the, the, uh, the nuclear, um, uh, you know, uh, leak issue, uh, they shut down all nuclear reactors in Japan and a good, a, a good chunk of Japan is, um, powered by nuclear energy. So, um, what that led to was, uh, all of the, uh, citizens and the merchants, uh, Conserving electricity by essentially not, you know, turning their thermostat up during the summer, and Japanese summers suck. It sucks so much. So yeah, my mom said, yeah, don't do it now. And and then after that, it's just lameness on my part. Finally got to it when he's like a full-grown adult. But that's also a good thing because hey, he, you know, he could drink with me. So there you go.
0: Jacques, do you think that if uh, you know, most of our the our countries. Power relied on uh, something where we had to cut back and conserve. You think a lot of Americans would take to that kindly?
1: Oh, everybody would roll up their sleeves, pitch in, and do what's best for the better of. Do you think
0: anybody would take off to Cancun in such an emergency? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> Any no. like
1: your lawmakers? No, they they would be there for their for their fellow citizens, their constituents, their their neighbors, their friends. You know, yeah. they would do the Christian thing and
0: just you know you know be in it for everybody good christians like the japanese folks is you Except,
1: know, yeah well, they think good, well actually it's funny you say that because uh how is your brother biff
2: oh my brother's fine we had a nice dinner with him and yeah we you know we visited him for dinner and um my younger brother you know um was really uh happy with the hospitality his wife uh cooked up a storm it was it was great and then uh as part of it we went to the department store and just brought brought all kinds of um so Japanese department stores for those who've never been there, um, the bottom two floors are all food. The first basement floor is uh, what they call um, either gift foods. So essentially if you want you know any of um, those major uh, candy, whatever, a l- lot of them have establishments on that basement floor, you know, even the Godiva chocolates you know have establishments in uh, department uh, basements. And then the bottom floor is uh, the fresh, you know it's basically a supermarket it's like it's like a nicer whole foods where if you go to the various section they'll have the you know the wagyu beef you know the kobe beef and the miyazaki the different variants and and they're raw fish you know the stuff is really really you know good stuff and unusual stuff so we said you know what we're just gonna go go uh, bring some raw fish to the dinner and that was our offering and he both in you know amazingly both him and um uh, uh, my brother and his wife uh had some fish for the first time that day, so it was wow, good.
1: interesting. And does James understand Japanese? uh
2: he's actually he can he can pick up on it, but you know he's not really fluent on it. He took some Japanese in community college, so he's got some and then he'll he'll pick up on a lot of things, but he's a little rusty
1: and you know so uh did help going did did you guys converse at all in in the native tongue?
2: no. Hell okay,
1: because no. <laughs> you know management, it's the same thing. Like she never, she never really learned Korean, yeah. but yeah. she she could always understand it. So when her mom right. would come out and watch the news or, or a yeah. soap opera, she could you know, eighty percent of it she yeah. could understand, but she could only speak like really rudimentary conversational. Yeah, in, I think that Ellen is
2: probably ahead of you know where James is, you know, because I never really used it, and there's a whole. Whatever family reasons for that, but uh, I never really taught him the uh, language. He's not happy about that, but I, I tell him that was a decision I made.
1: So, well, but, l- hey, let's let, let's play this game. You know, yeah. peeling back the layer of Biff's personal life. Yeah, y- at one point or another, your brother is going to be housemates with you. Will the language in the house be Japanese? Um,
2: actually, we predominantly. It, it kind of it's kind of a different dynamics now, but we. As it stood, we predominantly spoke in English. So, the only the reason why there was so much Japanese that I spoke with my brother was because I used to when I visited him, you know, my mom was also there. So, since you know my okay. mom is not a factor anymore, yeah, it's probably you know less likely that you know it'll be. Yeah, we we generally uh, speak. Uh, there are some things that I can't articulate in English as well, so that's when I switch, and he'll do the same, but.
0: There's a lot of things I can't articulate in English either, so you know I feel you. <laughs>
1: uh, so, so on your wish list of travels, uh-huh. uh, Joe, how uh, how how high up do you uh, rank Tokyo?
0: Oh, like, it's up there. I mean, I, I, coincidentally, so I watched like YouTube videos from like retro gamers, and one of these guys is in the Seattle area. Uh, he used to work for Sierra with the the video the Gold Computer Game Company. And uh, he collects video games now. But anyways, he takes, like, you know, annual trips to Tokyo or Japan, rather. And he films it. So I have a little window into, like, a slice, a minuscule slice of what it's like out there um, in in different parts of Japan. And it's, it's you know, yeah, it's it seems like a fun time. Um, but the language barrier would be, you know, I'm sure I'd get over it. You know, I mean, I've traveled to other you know, non-English speaking countries, and it's fine, but you know, at the same time, it's yeah, it's a it would be a culture shock, and especially yeah. with like my family with food allergies. Oh, oh my god! I mean, I don't know. What, maybe there'll be le- I don't know. Maybe it'd be less of a uh, a deal over there. I don't know because they I, I will say
2: this. Um, I know, and I've you know, I, I haven't really been to other countries, but uh, one of the things I've I've continuously heard is is that. The, the Japanese really don't speak English that well, but they freaking try, right? Unlike other countries where they tell you to, yeah, you know, there are, you know, places where certain merchants will just, you know, basically tell you to screw off if you don't speak their language, right? That syndrome doesn't really happen in Japan too much.
0: So. Well, they yell at an American who speaks English uh, in Japanese, but loudly, yeah. like, 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 like Americans do.
1: Yeah. But, but, but sl- and the answer to that, Joe, is yes. As I've traveled and I've been on the other side of that, where I've had different <laughs> people like talking, like, you know, slower and
0: louder in Italian. That okay. you know, it's, it's kinda- like it's a bad phone connection or something. No,
2: no, no. Actually, by nature, though, the Japanese don't get loud in that manner. That's that's that seems to be a Western thing. Uh, but if you ever watched, um, one of the things that can happen though, where they're especially with the older people, if they don't speak, you know uh english they'll just continue continue to speak in japanese so like if you watch lost in translation there's a scene with bill murray in the hospital with this old lady sitting next to him and she's just rambling away in japanese and yeah i'm thinking yeah i know i i know that
1: you know yeah. Um, and speaking of travels uh, another former so so Japan and Tokyo is one place our family really wants to go like London and, and Tokyo are the two next family trips that we're planning and we're going to try to see if maybe we can coincide our trips with like overlap if like the next time Biff goes over there not for the whole thing we wouldn't want to ruin Biff's trip but be nice to spend a day in your home city you know (laughs) no seriously (laughs) with somebody who really knows it
2: Yeah, so I don't know how long you want to go to Japan but if you just go to Tokyo you're going to miss out on you know Universal City, Japan. So, well, you no, know no, no. Cities we
1: we, cities, we, we we would oh. definitely be be taking the. I think yeah. you said it's like a four hour train ride or something like it's that. Not, it's but. less
2: than it's less than that. Um, but it's about two hours and forty minutes, I guess.
1: Yeah, dude. It's, that's Six Flags <laughs> New England is a two yeah. two hour fifteen minute drive, you know, from here. And speaking of other trips, um, Rome is someplace I want to go. We've been to a few places in Italy, and I just saw on Instagram. That the podcast friend Tom Rogan, who owns um, Good Now Farms Chocolate, is I believe he's in Florence right now at the World Chocolate, like he's in the finals of the World Chocolate like competition. Wow! And yeah, they they've won lots of things around the world. But I I was seeing him on Instagram. Him and his wife are they were in Rome. They were in Milan. Some places that like we have been. You know, texting back and forth really nice and then just today he's like you know have posted, oh yep here we are at the finals so I'm like oh okay well that was interesting rome is one rome is a place i really want to go we saw we spent a week in milan a week in florence and a week in venice but uh have did not make it to rome and just the architecture alone is it's you know it's it's a conflicting place so you know i i want to go to rome have no i don't really want to you know patronage the vatican at all but
0: uh, that's a well it's a completely different city altogether. It,
1: it's, a, it's a different country yeah you know, right technically yes technically. i mean technically. technically well right but is it is it isn't the vatican pretty close to rome it's inside right yeah but i that, mean that, i knew a saying.
0: guy whose country was the, technically the border of two other countries
1: <laughs> and, and and what was a penalty for committing a crime in that country
0: i forget the joke dude they things. would give
1: you a, they would give you the chair
0: all oh, right, they would just take it you would take the home the chair. You wouldn't actually plug it in. Um it give you so the chair.
1: uh let's see just a few days ago was Thanksgiving but Joe celebrated on Saturday. How was your Thanksgiving, Joe?
0: It was nice. Yeah, we had uh you know, we went to my uh sisters and niece niece's ho- homes. Uh they you know, they live in the same multiplex thing. And uh it was fine. It was everything i dreamed of and more Uh, i haven't seen him in you know (laughs) a bit and uh you know it's funny like we're all kind of on the same page politically but my sister is still more vocal and um kind of like one-minded on a certain topic or certain topics and my wife is also kind of strong-headed as well so even though they arrive at the same destination, they argue about the ways to get to that destination. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's, it was interesting. So once I heard Israel, Palestine, I was like, Hey, look at the time. We got to get going. Not that anybody disagrees with each other again, but it's just like, just the conversation itself is like, we don't need to like, can you just hand me some of that pecan pie over there? (laughs) No,
1: I, I I live with somebody where half, not half, but, more more than now and then i have to remind them we're, we're arguing about something we completely agree on like like you know i'm right. 100% with the you. people's front of judea the <laughs> judean people's front Die, you heaven uh, and and you were were you uh, flying across the pacific during thanksgiving if you were in uh, the air we no uh, we actually landed on
2: thanksgiving morning Oh. And so I, I kind of pre-planned an easy Thanksgiving uh, meal where I had bought a, a hunk of ham, and I said I'm gonna do real easy sides. I'm gonna do a hunk of ham. I'm probably gonna need a nap, and that's basically what happened. So
3: nice. And
0: shocks. Uh, Thanksgiving was boring and uneventful. Go for it. Sure.
2: It was. Go yeah, yeah. No. Went oh, to a friend's
1: house. Okay. One of our Did really you bring your own for key? yes, indeed. Management went a couple hours early. Cause you're really good friends, you know, a little, a little drama between siblings with a couple of the people. So, you know, there was a few less attendees than uh, initially planned. And then me and my sons stopped by my mom's and it was perfect timing. We truly got there as about two thirds of the people were leaving. <laughs> like, got there to say hi. Oh, sorry, gonna miss you, but uh, no need to take your jacket off and come back in. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. And it was pleasantly, Here's your hat, what's your hurry? thank you. And we did, we just you know, just said hi to everybody. And my mother insisted on us taking tons of food home, although we had all just eaten. It was, it was fine. And then we did, we came home, I took a nap and now we're into the Christmas holiday. 90% of the yard stuff is up. Very, very happy with the arrangements I have out there. We, get rid of one couch, which meant I could bring it outside, put it in front, rearrange the skeletons, <laughs> uh went to Savers and dressed them
0: up and, and, and Can you p- dress them up as King of the Hill characters and put beers
1: in the <laughs> I, I, I definitely can. And that and that that may maybe maybe that's the spring motif we're going with. Uh, very, very excited that on Tuesday we should be getting the Santa suit for the twelve foot skeleton. Look so <laughs> nice, we do have you, is that, a, do you, Now, do you buy or rent that? You know, dude, that that's a long term investment. That, you know, <laughs> I don't look at it as like buying as much as it is investing. Second hand or new? Oh no, these do we go new? But I did for the for the little skeletons. I went to Savers and got some festive like, you know. Uh, uh, Christmas sweaters for one, like um, uh, like Santa pajamas for another one. So it is. It's it's a lot of fun, but like I said, we will be putting the twelve foot guy in his Santa suit on uh probably Wednesday, and uh I should not be looking forward to it as much as I am. But my life has that little <laughs> happiness and joy.
2: <laughs> so do, uh, have you looked into skeleton reindeer? Is that a thing? <laughs>
1: i have seen i have seen those i we have a couple skeleton dogs out there and oh i don't think i think it happened after our last podcast i have talked about this on the podcast before but now it's a fourth time biff in the last calendar year we've gone outside and people have added to our right 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 right. and and this time it was four different birds like a vulture one was a little dog a vulture a tiny little bird and an owl skeleton, just management, you know, came into my office, Chris, do you buy more skeletons? I'm like, no, did you buy more skeletons? Like <laughs> I was lying. And maybe when she asked me again, I'll crack under the pressure, the witness stand, we went outside and yep, lo and behold somebody had dropped off like that previous night, some more stuff. And it's, it's great. And then well, you maybe said, you oh put my- a red. Oh, go
0: ahead. I was gonna say, and then Jacques said, "Oh my God, these aren't plastic." <laughs>
1: so, so yeah. So, so we're- what you're
0: gonna say?
2: I was just gonna say, you could put a red bulb on the uh, the dog's nose, right? You could just do that.
1: We could could definitely do that. Uh, management had gotten so we had a twelve foot skeleton that didn't make it two winters ago, and so it lost its legs. So it's sitting behind the bar, like tending bar, but we did get like this giant, the size of your head, like a glowing red heart that like lights up. So the, you know, it's, yes, we're those people and I'm happy to be those people. And just sadly, just before we started recording this podcast, we live five houses from a Christmas tree farm that the guy donate it two years ago to the Autobine society saying, Hey, I'm going to live here two more years. Then I'm moving to Florida. So this was the last Christmas we get to walk oh. over. And it's so quaint. They have these little tractors with these, you know, flatbed little, you know, carts that, you know, you drive up into the Hill, you pick out, you walk around There's, They have, you know, guys up there who, you know, cut down the tree that you want, bring it down to the edge of the Hill. And for as long as the farm has been there, every year they regrow more trees you know what i mean it's uh it's it's been here for like 40 years and we this is our seventh tree that we've got for them our our seventh and final tree um here's a good thing he donated the land to the audubon society with the stipulation it could never be developed Well, that's cool
0: no which yeah so honor until his death
1: (laughs) so yeah so, so 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 christmas has officially started here but now Christmas really started for Joe and I about three weeks ago. And Joe was not here the last time we did a regular podcast. So we have not gotten to talk about a top three highlight for 2023. I, I would like to do a, hey, things that went right this year podcast tour, you know, maybe the last one of the year. And this for me will be a top three, maybe a top one. Joe, why don't you tell them how Christmas came early for us a few weeks ago? (laughs)
0: <laughs> so um, a couple of months ago uh, i don't know if it, i brought it to your attention or you brought it to mine i think i brought it to yours because i saw it on twitter but henry winkler was promoting a new book and he, um he was going to be appearing in harvard square in cambridge massachusetts uh, in a uh of all places a church uh, which I didn't realize that that was ever used as like a venue outside of grifting people out of money. <laughs> but in this case, we got a book out of the deal as well. Um, so a, a long story short, uh, Jacques uh, bought the tickets for us, uh, and I thank you for that. And so we both got books, uh, neither of which will, will be read. It will just sit on the shelf and um, look pretty. But um, with that came a one hour, you know, talk with Henry Winkler. He was interviewed by uh, an interviewer from WBUR, like the kind of the uh, was it was a BUR, the, the the college radio station, right? Well, it's it's a flagship NPR station. It
1: is B, yeah, B, B, right, B.U.'s yeah. college station. But yeah. it is. Yeah. It is the
0: NPR station, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I don't listen to NPR, that's why I'm you know, a little <laughs> bit in the dark as to who carried NPR in our area. But anyways, so it was yeah, it was mostly him, um, and not a lot of her doing the asking. But then there was also a and A afterwards, and it was all fun. Uh, I don't Jacques can fill you in on the stories, but let me cut to the point. Um, he was going to do signatures uh, after this after this talk but he decided, I guess, the last minute that they weren't gonna do that. So there were pre-signed little, you know, autographs inside the book, but he did agree to stay afterward and take pictures with everybody. And they were about, I don't know, 300 people, 200, something like that. Um, I couldn't, I think six people to a pew, and there were lots of, you know, about a couple dozen pews, anyways. So we stand in line, Jacques making jokes, I'm going to ask him on the podcast. I'm going to see, you know, pitch him my script, uh, this, that, the other thing, and and I've made a vow not to embarrass myself in front of a celebrity again. I said, you know, I'm just going to say hi, thank you so much. It was very nice to meet you. That kind of thing, and it was very very efficient. They took our, you know, when we got up there, they had, the the people running the event, you know, they grabbed your phone, whoever was taking the picture, or whoever's being used they would to grab your phone, they would grab your coats, set them aside. You go up, shake his hand, take a picture, and then, you know, say peace, and then leave. And I just said, oh, hi, it was, you know, thank you so much for doing this. And he goes, oh, thank you for coming out. And I'm sort of expecting, oh, you know, we're going to be here a while, because Jacques is just going to talk, he is ear off. And then uh, he did. And, he, you know, we just left. <laughs> and we're walking down the, the aisle, um, like, like I dream one day we will. <laughs> <laughs> Only when going in the other direction. Yeah. So we're um we're leaving and I'm like, oh, that was great. And he goes, dude, we gotta get out of here. I'm like, why? <laughs> he goes, It's everything I can not to cry right now because I I just met the fonts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he was left speechless. Jacques, yeah. the raw contour yeah. of Carnival Personnel Podcast, was rendered speechless. I for one evening, was the spokesperson <laughs> on behalf. I was the ambassador of Carnival Personnel Podcast to of Mr. Henry Winkler. Um, but anyways, it was nice. He was a great short man. I kind of almost forgot to smile in my pictures. <laughs> and Jacques forgot to talk. So all in all, uh, maybe Jacques can fill you in on how he was feeling, how, you know, I personally, like, you know, yes, I didn't, I didn't grow up with the Fonz, mm-hmm. you know, um, he, it, it, obviously it was on TV when I was, you know, just ra- it was wrapping up as I was becoming cognizant of mm. TV, but a little past my time, but I really enjoyed his work. I loved him on Barry. And, you know, he's just a, a very kind and genuine guy, um, at least seemingly so. Yeah. But, um, you know, Jacques can tell you more. <laughs> no,
1: it, it was. It was so much fun. It was one of those things where it would not have been Three-fifths as much fun to have done alone, and it was so great to do it with Joe. Henry Winkler is more than a delight. It's there's balconies on either side, and there were people sitting behind where they had him and the interviewer set up. And so, but he kept making sure to turn around and engage with the people sitting in the balcony behind him. Like he he really wanted everybody to feel part of this conversation it wasn't an interview as much as hey we're all gonna talk and when people stood up and asked questions hi you know my name's Uh, hi i'm kevin from roxbury it's like uh what's what's your last name karen uh what do you do for like before you got to your question he engaged and pulled Mm. it out and just elongated each conversation i thought about asking a question i couldn't i was truly so speechless i will tell you The best part is somebody, you know, lower in a pew on the other side towards the back was asking a question. And before they asked a question, they said, I just want to let you know you're a national treasure. Anyways, my question and Henry Winkler puts up his hand to stop the guy. (laughs) He turns over his shoulder and he looks up to the balcony. He said I was a national treasure. <laughs> you know, just I don't know if you heard that. But, and that's how the whole evening was. And I don't think we have to read his book because he talked all about it. And he did not have the easiest childhood coming up. Hmm. Um, his parents were very traditional immigrant, work really hard, work very hard at school, he had a learning disability. He wasn't diagnosed with having dyslexia till his early thirties. Mm. And it was, and and look, I was victim to that as well. It's being told you're not working hard enough. You know why are you so stupid? That's how they treated this, you know, for him. And and you know he just had so many funny stories about it. But he was also a couple people, educators, and they asked how would you t- deal with kids in this situation. And just his advice was just so heartfelt and so real. It was. It was great. But like Joe said, I shook his hand and that was it. I just I just I just because he represented in that moment everything right, everything good and pure about like, you know, the happiest moments of my childhood were TV. I mean, literally, I mean,
0: were they would you say that they were pleasant days? or um, <laughs> like, oh, w- like, you know, Jimmy nostalgic days, days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fun yeah, days. They, 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 they were very happy. To, but
1: days. it's true. It's like Joe and I are, you know, uh, take away the rich and successful part. We are so much like the dude from Scrooge that just <laughs> our, our, our childhoods was watching TV. You know, uh, I, I once hit a home run and won the championship game. <laughs> <laughs> that was a kid on the courtship of Eddie's father. Oh, well, I remember I was running down a field of daisies with this girl. And, oh, there, there's the book. It's like that. That's that's Little House on the Prairie, the homecoming episode, the homecoming. there you go. Uh, Henry Winkler. Yeah, he he was and he was an was absolute little, delight.
0: But this is who you saw.
1: That that is who I saw. Yeah. And, uh, and well, this I and I love the, the young fo- the
0: young photo of the Fonz. I'm sure holding up dude and the story how he got the world but it was it was one
1: of those things where joe's trying to talk to me and i'm just pointing like just just go just just we (laughs) we, we, we gotta
2: go i I will say i will say you know and for for those who don't know because many of you are too young to know this but maybe not the people on this podcast but you know jumping the shark what you know was a is a is a happy days reference right it's that happy days episode where if you have to go you know go all bananas out to you know save something you're jumping the shark and that was the you know the Franz water skiing episode, but have you ever heard um, Henry Winkler talk about that story? It, it people, you you should look it up. It's um, it has to do. There is a thing related to what his parents advised him. So,
1: I will. I do know that what what was it, Joe? Twenty five years later, thirty years later. Yeah, so jumping the shark is the show has already reached its peak and it's yeah. on the it's on the downhill. Like you know, somebody has a baby or the new neighbor or the. But uh, on Arrested Development, <laughs> you, you tell the Arrested Development story because it's just the best.
0: I mean, it it's I kind of I barely remember it, but basically, like there was a, a a scene where Henry Winkler is playing like this bumbling lawyer to the family, and um, I forget his name because I'm dumb. And anyways, there walking along like like a boardwalk or, or a b- pier or something or a beach or something, and there's like a little like toy shark that was left behind by like a kid, and he's walking along and he doesn't want to trip over it, so he like literally jumps over the shark <laughs> and keeps going. Um, I think that's what happened, right? Yes. and yes.
1: But walking out, it was a good block or two away before I could start talking again. Like, Because I, I, if I had started talking, I was just going to like, cry. Just this eight-year-old me was yeah. just going to just be a bumbling idiot, and it was great. Uh, I'll tell you what else was great, and I don't know if you gentlemen have got a chance to see it yet. The Barbie movie is fantastic. That's what I understand. Yeah, I have not...
2: Oh, I haven't been to a movie. I almost went to a movie in Tokyo because Godzilla Minus One had already
0: opened there. Oh, so we oh, almost. I did thought it was a worldwide thing. Okay.
2: Yeah, it's been open for about. I think it opened like the Friday that uh, I arrived on a Wednesday, and on that Friday, I think it opened. In fact, nice. one of my friends invited me. Hey, I don't have a chance to see you, but hey, can, maybe we could meet up at this theater at 9 a.m. It's like, yeah, no kidding. And you would
0: have got to see it without subtitles. So that that's
2: true. Cool. That, that, <laughs> those annoying <laughs> subtitles.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, no, but the
1: Barbie movie management has been dying for me to see it. I wanted to see it. Like, I look, Margot Robbie is just great. Ryan Gosling is just great. Uh, Margo,
2: margot Robbie a hockey hobbyist oh notice? no no that's she great used play, she used to play uh house hockey house league hockey in Pasadena before she became you know Margot Robbie so
1: that is fantastic uh, yeah no the whole cast was fun uh,
0: will farrow uh he played. I'm trying to think of the role he played. Oh, yeah, he
1: played Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah, Will and, Ferrell
0: is like, you know, he's like Mr. Pre- wasn't he like a president business in the Lego movie?
1: He he, he was That's a right. softer version of that, but he ran Mattel. Yeah. And it, it. I will tell you what I don't like about movies, certain movies, and that was one of them. It's shot in my old backyard. Mm. L- literally, when management moved out, we lived you know, five houses up from the Venice boardwalk yep. and every restaurant in the background, every, yep. you know, piece of like, you know, there's, there's certain, there's certain buildings that have different murals on them that have been there for like 30 years that you could see in the background. And every time I see that or the Santa Monica pier or the Venice pier, I'm like, why the fuck am I here? Cause it's, we, you know, it was the best part about her moving out there was her moving out there and she made the deal. It's like, no, I'm not moving 3000 miles to live in North Hollywood. Like, you know, I'm moving out, but we're going to live at the beach. And I wasn't a big beach guy until she moved out. And then 20 years, you know, or 15 years, like living, you know, right in the middle of that craziness. So every time I see it, but the movie itself was great. Uh, there was only, there was like a, a one little fourth wall thing that was so delicious and amazing. There was also one tiny little scene. It's maybe a 20 second scene, a nice little moment. And I said to management, I'm like, I really like this. And she says, and she just kind of nodded, like, yeah, it's a nice scene. And then after the movie, she's like, oh, yeah, that was that little 20 second scene that you liked. The studio's like, you have to cut that out. It, it doesn't help the story. It doesn't blah, blah, blah. And The director dug in and said no you don't you don't get it It, this this is an important scene and it's tiny like i said it's 20 30 seconds you know just two people in it not much dialogue and it was so impactful that here's a 54 year old like fat white guy who was like (laughs) wow that was a nice scene and then so management just loved that I had noticed what a nice scene it was. And then she's like, yeah, the, they were, because it's almost two hours and they were trying to get them to cut it down to 90 minutes. But um, I, I will tell you, there's a couple songs that just get so stuck in your head. There's a couple earwigs in there that, you know, this morning while I was doing a tad bit of gaming, I was listening to the Barbie soundtrack. It was, it was a delightful movie. It lived up to its hype. I guess the first movie you know a woman directed movie that made a billion dollars and it was fun i i really really wish i'd seen it in the big theater um but i do i highly recommend barbie
0: yeah and now and then i also opened the floodgates for like every toy that was marketed to girls in the 80s and 90s is going to get a movie now like the you know my little pony and uh
2: you know, Paul, what was it? The Wait, theme? you're saying My Little Pony is marketed towards girls?
1: It was at one point. Oh, Easy. Oh, yeah. Gee, you are the finished device there, uh, No, but they're also, Mattel is, is also, I don't think they got that it was a well written script. Yeah. That it was, that the casting was perfect. And now they're rushing a Hot Wheels movie. Hmm. And all that, I don't. I'm think, sure that'll go well. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they got it. Wasn't it the toy? And, and at the same time, I, I, again, I don't want to give away too much. I mean, it's been out for a couple of months, but all, all the negative tropes and 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 rightful things that people have complained about the Barbie franchise mm-hmm. over years, that also got addressed.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, that's what made Barbie movie like so much of like a, I guess a cultural uh, point is that they had like 50 years of history and and i'm sorry 60 years right it came out like in the 60s so you know there's so much like there was controversy with barbie and then there was you know like a lot of milestones and firsts and politics and stuff so like there's a lot to it like hot wheels is hot wheels you know like it's like yeah we (laughs) It, you know, you, you you collect them and you race them and, um, you, you know, put them in the microwave and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a couple, uh, a couple, it's, well, it's
1: also funny. I was looking for a, a Christmas item that management and I could not find, you know, as far as the decoration, that's kind of an important staple around our house. I'll put it out there. Martellus the Elf. And I, Thought I hit it in the shed. I went out, ended up coming back in with about 10 DVDs. <laughs> uh, a lot of our stuff, Joe, our old stuff. I'm like, oh, I don't even know if they will play on the PS4, but I want to see. But uh, management had seen We're Out of Cornflakes, a video
0: album, and we played it. And I haven't seen it in a long time. I forgot. This is but, a, by the way, we are, this oh, is from your band, right? You want to add context? Not and, and, everybody knows the world-renowned video album "Corn Flakes." In
1: 1994, my band, which we didn't have money to put out a CD, we had put out one uh, like the year before, two years before. But in a weird twist of fate, because I went to film school, I had you know friends who had access to tens of thousands of dollars worth of equipment who wanted to work on our videos, we ended up shooting a few really great videos, a few, you know, okay ones as well. And I had run for office. So I made it on MTV. I made it on this local show called Chronicle. And John Hunt, who was in the band for a long time, he had left the band at that point, but he did a really fun student film that starred our singer-guitarist Dan. So I'm like, well, fuck it. I have access to this. I'm going to put out a music video album. And that led to a full two-page write-up in Billboard magazine. Because nobody had released a full length video album, and the name of the video album was "We're Out of Cornflakes." Fu, which is, of course, why? Why don't you tell the fine folks where the name came from, Joe? Because you, you, Biff, do you know? Do you get that?
0: No, Oh. I didn't get it until Jacques explained it to me thirty years ago. Uh, (laughs) It's a, um, it's a joke in The Odd Couple. It's a Oscar leaves a, a, (laughs) no, no, Felix leaves a post it note for Oscar, and. It's like you know, <laughs> he he said. I forget how it's phrased, but it basically, like he sees the note and he goes, "It took me half an hour to realize that F U stood for Felix Hunger."
1: <laughs> so we put it out. Uh, it 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 got us a lot of national press, which was fun, but I forgot that I had this thing where I had a Barbie and Batman and hockey player, like either a figurine or something in every video I'd ever done. And I have, com- i would forgotten the Barbie part of it. I'm like, Oh fuck. Here, here's one little, little Easter egg, fun thing throughout the movie. As you're going through Barbie land, you meet a bunch of different Barbies like themed Barbie and management was so delighted because Mattel put out some real winners <laughs> like like there was one barbie if you lifted her arm her breast got bigger uh there was a pregnant barbie that got like discontinued relatively quick and there was there was there was a bunch of didn't make it to the shelf last so it, it wasn't long. one
2: of those where you if you squeezed a belly a baby would pop out because that would be fantastic
1: it, it, um yeah, yeah. That you know uh, was. They they yeah. also had a dog that pooped. Um. Uh, okay. So so it was fun that look. I mean, you know, Mattel. The bigger the company, the more evil they are. And of course, you know, I want to praise the machine, but Mattel kind of got slapped around a few times. And 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 you know, yeah. and, and they produced and paid I mean, for this ad- movie. You know. So it was self inflicted, right? Yeah. yeah. It it, it was, it was, it was really, I, I cannot stress enough. Like, you know, how much fun that movie is. Um, So moving on, uh, unless you guys have any more thoughts on Barbie. Um,
0: Uh, uh, I just say, let's go party.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to say that like, so in in my homeland um, and I'm, I'm imagining it's probably because it was cheaper to make their own version of Barbie. So they used to have this thing called the Dika doll. Which was their Barbie, and I imagine that that allows them to bypass the you know the Mattel prices because back then you know those you know the dollar was so strong compared to the yen, so they had their own thing. So I kind of like while you were talking, looked up to see if the the Dika doll movie is in the works, and it turns out that there was already one in 1999.
1: So there you go. Oh, oh, pretty nice. Even though
2: with a completely. Different kind of a storyline, but
1: well, they, they've done animated Barbie movies and stuff before. But guess, this was, yeah. this was, you know, this was really great. Uh, I, um, yeah, you know, no, what was, I, I was going to say, which wasn't great, but it was fine. Uh, I won't go into details. It had a triple, and I don't know you, there was such a thing. I had a triple root canal this week on one of my twos. Oh, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, well, it, it what upset me it means i had to go i can't even say the name it's like endodontist like okay. it, it's it's a root canal specialist okay. and my dentist can't do it had to go to a special place because like okay. there's and i i put it on instagram i will repost like the before and after picture i'm like you know it's like hey well wh- anyways it is what it is but they gave local anesthesia like four needles around it Okay. And then they're like, oh and I asked, Do you have those things, those wedges that you can put in my mouth to just that holds the mouth open? And they're like, Oh, some people find those uncomfortable, but yeah, we can definitely do that. I'm like, Yeah, I want to take a nap. And they both laughed. Uh, two hours later,
3: <laughs> like I,
1: I I jumped a couple times because let's just say while sleeping, they hit a part that the Novocaine hadn't got to. And they were like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. You know, and then right back to sleep. And I asked after they're like, we've never seen somebody sleep for two hours in a chair. I'm like, quick question. How bad was the snoring? And they both. Both started laughing <laughs> like they and neither one of them wanted to say, Oh my god, it was like having a grizzly bear in here. It's like, yeah. You know, I generally sleep two floors away from the rest of the family because <laughs> it is. I I I I am. I a, will say, horrific. you
2: know, apparently my snoring was pretty bad in Japan. James and I shared the room in Tokyo, and you know, in Osaka, I said, you know what? I you know, the hotel that where I was staying staying at, 80 bucks a night. I said, You know, dude, I'm going to get you your own room for Osaka. (laughs) He goes, oh, my God,
3: thank you.
1: (laughs) Because I did. I did a road trip with a buddy, and it was the same thing. I told him, dude, you, you want to get your own room. He was doing the anthem out for the coyotes, actually another guy who was on the podcast microconia i wake up in the morning he wasn't there like it was you know two queen beds in the room he had gone downstairs at like two in the morning and they were like you know what it's only a few hours they gave him the room for like 40 bucks The room, and and i'm like dude i told you it's like i'm not making up i sleep on another floor than the rest of the family because it is that bad but uh but yeah so 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 that was fun um uh, you know, no real update uh, on my standup. I will say the last couple of weeks I've kind of been. Life has been really hectic and challenging, so I've, I've not only haven't got out to any mics. I did one book show, uh, a week and a half ago up in Portsmouth, which Portsmouth, New Hampshire. There's a good okay dozen towns that I know of in New England that are like walking around a Norman Rockwell postcard <laughs> and, and Portsmouth. Portsmouth was really nice, but I have not done anything. But I told management, it's like, yeah, I got two, I got three things this week. I have to get back on the wagon. I don't even think I've sent Joe like any of the new stuff that I've done. So he can tell me to stop doing it. <laughs> like not the new stuff. I don't read them anyways. Just comedy altogether. <laughs> um and i'm just trying to like go down the list yeah i I think i'm going to bring back i've i've threatened this before but i think i'm going to bring you know what i i I, that's why i'm sitting here bare chested because i'm too sexy for this shirt (laughs) Uh, i like to point out i am wearing a shirt and there are no shirts i am too (laughs) sexy
0: flesh toned
1: shirt (laughs) (laughs) i should wear one of those shirts with Boobs. (laughs) Boobs, <laughs> the, 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 or the you know,
2: yeah, the muscle ones, and right. Yes.
1: Uh, but I am. I'm going to bring back a defunct sponsor like this one. Morning, Christmas is around the corner. What do we got?
2: Springs bed in a bag. It comes with a comforter, sheets, shims and a dust ruffle, all for just fifty-seven seventy-seven. Any size, even king.
3: Let's make it a great day.
1: Caldo, bring home the difference.
3: Christmas is coming. Yeah. Big news! It's Fisher Price week. All toys in the Fisher Price toy center are twenty
0: percent off. This all-in-one kitchen set's on sale this week for fifty-nine ninety-nine. This Christmas, guys, we're the Fisher Price headquarters.
1: Caldor, yeah. bring home the difference. Hey, so, so there was
2: something that wasn't on the uh, on the rundown, yeah. Um, but uh, hey, R.I.P. to the great Marty Croft.
1: Oh my goodness! Yeah. Right, I just saw that this morning.
2: Yeah. So mm. I mean, I think. I mean, so as a guy who moved to Canada from, from uh, Japan, you know, one of the first things I saw was some, you know, like puffin stuff. Right. And I'm thinking, this is like, it's like, what, you know, it's like, you know, 70 year old who've had a hard time kind of comprehending puffin stuff, but, you know, but it was, you know, very colorful and wacky and, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, animal abuse going on by Wichipu. And, you know, so it was a lot of fun, <laughs> but I had just kind of had really don't know idea what was going on, but, you know, so, did obviously, you, it's kind of an important part of my childhood.
0: Did you know, and I didn't know this until I think Super 70s Sports recently tweeted it, that HR Puffin Stuff made a cameo appearance on Chips? Yes, I oh. do
2: know because there was an argument between um, uh, uh, Eric, whatever, the, the um, uh, Paunch and the yeah. other. A, and Paunch is saying, You don't know Puffin Stuff? And I remember
1: that very particular, I
2: remember that <laughs> watching that episode.
0: John was such a square man.
1: He really was. Uh, Joe and I have, well, it's a funny thing is how short-lived most of their shows were, but yet, I mean, Biff, do you know how many seasons of the Banana Splits there was? Like two,
2: right? It's like, one. Like,
1: was it one? Yeah, it was, it was one. A... Well, they but they kept on uh, showing it over and over. Uh, right. And that theme song, uh, Joe introduced me to Lidsville a couple years ago. which Ooh, I don't know that one. Yeah. Uh, J- J- Joe, Charles please. Nelson
0: Riley is the magician slash wizard of this magical town in which all the anthropomorphic characters are different types of hats. Uh, some are culturally inappropriate, some are not. Um, the kid who happens to stumble into the, uh, the magic land, uh, run by Charles Nelson Riley. I forget his character's name. Uh, I, th- I think it's, oh, the great hoodoo. And the kid is, uh, oh God. Uh, what, uh, was it? Um, oh, it's slipping my mind. Jacques, who was the kid? Uh, he was, uh, was he, um, was it the kid who played Eddie Munster? Was it Butch Patrick? Oh, uh, yes, yes, no. yes. No,
1: no, no, it wasn't him. It, wait, I'm wait. trying to think. The great thing is that the, the show's called Lidville and it's like a land of the lost thing where this kid falls into this magical world and it's so, you, it, it, it will, does say Butch Patrick. It Mark. is. Okay. okay. It will not be picked up by any streaming services because it didn't. Age well, uh, you know. That's the, unfortunate. Those they, a, not aging well
2: shows are are fantastic.
1: They, uh, the you know, the the cowboy hat has a real Texas drawl. The French beret, ha, you know, has a really bad French accent. The, you know, you go, you go down the whole thing. There's uh, there's like
0: a gangster hat, like a yeah, she. We're gonna the, take care of these mugs, she. You know? It has like smokes a, a cigar. Yes, there's a football helmet. Uh, yeah, it's really trippy. And then also um, uh, Witchy Poo is like the, oh, well, not Witchy Poo. Uh, is, yeah, we need the genie slash Witchy Poo is Billy okay. Hayes. Right. Um, yeah, she's like the the helper that, you know, tries to get Butch Patrick back to the, the normal world as they, I think they called it the normal world. <laughs> like his world's the normal world and this is the fucked up world. Um, but anyways, it is a trip um, the, the theme song as was the time, um, back in the seventies is about four minutes long <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, expl- that explains a whole backstory, the entire
2: season, you know? Yeah. So going back to that, you know, Japanese kid, not knowing, you know, uh, enough about stuff. Uh, when I saw that on the credits that witchy poo was played by Billy Hayes, I thought for years that, you know, witchy poo was played by a man,
1: right? Ah, uh, it's uh yeah, so Marty Marty and, and McCra- the Crofts, what they put out, and, and we're talking those yeah. shows are fifty years old and we're still referencing right. them. Yeah. And people yeah. born like 30 years after they went off know so much yeah. of their work. It's it's amazing what he's and by uh, the way, what he brought.
0: You, you would be amazed you would be amazed how many sit and Marty Croft productions there were. Like right. I think they produced the Donnie and Marie show, right. if I'm not mistaken um yeah
2: they they were all their names were all over the place
0: and also a um a rare uh 2000 i think 2000 2001 pilot for a reboot of electro woman and dinah girl starring marky post as electro woman it's a 15 minute check it out I don't know what they thought this was going to air on like Spike TV or something, (laughs) but there's a vibrator joke in there. There's like, I think the word tits is said (laughs) like, like, I I can't, I can't believe this wasn't picked up. Check that out though. That is, that was a trip. What is it called? That's electro woman and dino girl. Okay. You never seen electro woman and dino girl. Yes. Yes. But it's the, yeah, they, they try to reboot it with Marky post. She's like all washed up. Like she's living in a trailer and a little girl that she saves, you know, years ago, is now like a high school, you know, um, student or a college student. And uh, she wants to bring her back into the limelight. And, and then she's going to be Dinah Girl to her Electra Woman. And, oh, my ah.
2: God. He, they already also produced Pink Lady and Jeff. Yes. And Barbara Mandrell and the Mandrell Sisters. Oh my goodness! Well, yeah, no, a big all pink Lady
0: things. fan. Growing up, Biff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was but... such a national embarrassment.
0: <laughs> on both sides, <laughs> on both sides, probably. <laughs> Poor Jeff Altman. I, I, I mean, Jeff, Jeff Altman, Altman. just—he—he
2: uh, he, he, was—you know—he's a terrific guy, but man, that show was just so bad. Be- you know, where all there was so much of that stupid Pink Lady performs their music, barely speaking English, and then Jeff Altman doing the Nixon routine, like you know. Along with the music, musical routine, it's just like awful.
0: I'm sorry, did you mention the Brady Bunch? Um, uh, no, I
2: did not. I was gonna, yeah, that's also on the list. I just, I'm just looking this up in, in the aforementioned Donnie and Marie. So,
0: how many of those shows do you think were written by Bruce Valanche? All of them,
2: oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, speaking of, um, so rest in peace, Marty Croft. Um, speaking of Bruce Valanche, I uh, wanted to mention that launching, I think, next weekend is the documentary of the star wars holiday special Ugh. it's the making of the star wars holiday special um written by bruce, bruce valanche or co-written by bruce valanche. <laughs> um but anyways that that popped into my head and before i forgot i wanted to document it that yes you can soon watch a, a documentary on the making of the seminal Star Wars Holiday Special Series. We should do our own Star Wars Holiday Special Special. <laughs> I, I'm down. I mean,
1: Joe and I watched it, you know, together a couple years ago and it's it's great. <laughs> By great <yeah. laughs> it, It's not nearly as bad as like history remembers it. I mean, dude, it, it, B Arthur is a delight. Yeah, you know, she has Corman a musical number. It is, mm-hmm. is fantastic. Uh, Art Carney? Oh, Ard I mean, Carney. <laughs> uh, Jefferson Airplane, no, Jefferson Starship, I'm sorry. They were Starship at the time.
2: And they I weren't bo- Starship, they were, they, they, were, they were Jefferson. They were probably Starship, yeah.
0: No, Jefferson Starship. There okay. was a transitional period between Jefferson Airplane and Starship. They were right, the right. Jefferson, Jefferson Starship. Starship and look they had the cool
1: hologram no dude it was uh Wookie it's
0: porn. it's you know diana, what did, was it diana oh, oh, diane cannon or what was it no not diane cannon. what's her name uh um who was the woman in the in that um that does the fantasy sequence oh oh diane Carol. Di-
1: yeah oh it's great it's it's i cannot wait to see the documentary i've oh. seen it once and i don't remember it
0: you got to no, watch I the do. Rift tracks version, the it's, 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 theater version of it.
1: it. It's definitely worth a rewatch, you know, I mean, and I don't know. I don't know, you know what it streams on, but so many of the different streaming things. Now you could do watches together like they 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 have it. So like the three of us could do a watch of it.
0: I don't think you can legally stream the Star Wars Holiday Special. I think it's in that nebulous region where, like, no, it's, like, forbidden. Like, you can't, right, right. it's, like, you know, nobody will air it l- legitimately, but if you try to air it illegitimately, right. you will be taken down. Yeah. <laughs> Remember what George, George Lucas said, you know, of the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah. If he had enough time and a hammer, he would just. <laughs> I, uh,
2: I think I saw, like, an interview where, like, uh, Harrison Ford denied that ever happened, kind of a thing. So I don't know what you're talking about, kind of a thing.
0: Uh,
2: oh, that—that's
1: hysterical. Yeah.
0: Uh, on onto gaming. You playing any games, Joe? I actually am. Um, Ooh. this one's like whatever. It, it's um, it's the 25th anniversary of a, a kind of a groundbreaking uh, computer game called Half Life. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. It was, you know, like it was a revolutionary first person yeah. shooter, um, you know, like the, basically like the next evolution to like the Doom type yep. video game first person shooters. Um, it was developed by Valve, who I don't know if anybody out, out there know who Valve are, but if your kid has a Steam account, yep. they have all the money in the world. now. <laughs> <laughs> so Valve put out um, a handful of games, Half-Life, Half-Life 2. Portal Portal 2 uh, I'm, I'm I think Counter-Strike no maybe I'm thinking something else but um, anyways they they don't need to make games anymore because they're they they own Steam they created Steam um there you go. all the computer games that you want to buy I actually oh by the way the re- the reason I'm playing Half-Life now is because for its 25th anniversary they updated it to modern you know computers oh. and they put it on Steam for free so oh, you can, for a limited nice. time you can download it <laughs> and it's on your computer or it's on your steam account and nice. you know like to pay a dime and like all the other pe- like stuff is like like 90% off like their you know their valve you know created games are like really cheap so Ooh. if you're into those types of things which i know nobody is uh you can get them real cheap but that, yeah. yeah i've been playing that and i've never played half-life in my this came out in like 98 i uh, yeah. never played it before
2: and i like I think it both of my kids played that
0: so. yeah yeah, I just, for some reason, I, I missed out. Uh, and uh,
1: and what do you have going on in the sports world uh, there, Biff? I think I just got go
2: back into the country. I have no idea. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I, I will say this, though. My God, the Edmonton Oilers, what a shit show. I mean, that 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 team, like, there are people who, literally, who legit picked them to win the Stanley Cup. And they are, like, right now, five points behind the Anaheim Ducks in the standings as they play each other today, which is insane. They're like they're, I mean, their batting averages higher than than their winning percentage right now, so it's really bad. That's
1: I I of course my life is all football, and by football I mean I watched in real time the Argentinian Brazil game. Okay. And give, give, give it give it a quick Chiefs. Look look that up. Uh, the, was was
2: the, was the was the craziness in the stands or on the field?
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. It started Excellent. in the stands. Excellent. Um, our Argent- Argentinian team left the field oh. because it was too crazed. The game yeah. was delayed. They came back and the, uh, the shit that was going down in the stands yeah. um, continued on the pitch. There oh. was, I think there was something like 14 yellow cards. Wow! Which, yeah
2: i mean there's... oh yeah one more thing about sports you know I, um shohei Otani went another uh mvp and i'm you know i'm in japan and it's like it, it like the dudes everywhere it's like i didn't know the, the japanese like major league baseball so much but you know so I saw Shohei Otani like all kind you know, in all kinds of places. And oh, he's got to be a it. god. He's got to <laughs> yeah. be a god, right? Like, he's a monster, dude.
1: I, I mean, is 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 and just because you know, of course, yeah. we don't follow any yeah. other Japanese sports. Is there yeah. anybody who's a close second in any other sport?
2: Not, yeah, I don't think right now. I mean, he, because I mean, you know, part of it is because he is so good, and part of it because you know, baseball is so revered, right? I mean. He's the guy doing all of these. Like, I just took random photos of. he's oh, another, you know, Otani ad. Like, he does these, you know, designer ads and fragrance ads and all those. He, he's the guy that does that, right? So, uh, and, he's and
0: like what the you, David Beckham of Japan,
2: right?
1: Absolutely. Uh, what,
0: what What are you watching these days, Joe? Um, I finished Only Murders in the Building. Finally, oh. uh, that you know that was a a pleasant wrap up. I started watching uh, a new. Showtime show with Nathan Fielder and Emma Stone called The Curse and it's a dark comedy about a couple who they like try to build like these like new all glass outdoor ho- mirror houses basically like the, the, the I'm over explaining it the basically it's like a it's a more about a show about them filming this HGT TV type of show, but it's, it gets dark about their relationship. Um, I only saw the first episode. I think there's three out now. Um, it was, yeah, you know, it, it's a departure. It's, it's, it's a scripted thing. So Nathan Fielder, for those who don't know, is the guy behind Comedy Central's Nathan for you. And, uh, the recent rehearsal, uh, on HBO it's, he's like the guy who Jock, you remember Nathan for you? He was the guy who would go into small businesses under the guise of helping, you know, improve their business, but pitching like outrageous ideas and then filming it for like a documentary series and seeing how they played out. I don't know how he's alive. Like I don't know
1: how somebody because he's uh, his ideas
0: aren't good um, <laughs> or, or sane.
1: Like you know. yeah.
0: there was one episode of Nathan for you where I forget what what the context was but he had this premise where he was um in the middle it was like a it was like a houdini magician type act but he was in the middle of like a park at night and he was um you know guarded by a police officer and but he was also in front of kids and like 10 year old kids watching him and, and and he was strapped to this device that if he couldn't unbuckle like or unstrap himself from this device it would pull his pants down robotically and he would expose himself (laughs) in front of kids (laughs) and he would be arrested on the spot. Oh my God. (laughs) And it was just one of the craziest things I've ever seen. But I mean, that was years ago, but anyways, this new show, it's scripted. It's, it's different. It's, it seems kind of funny. It's, it's one of those things like, I'm going to hang in there and see where this goes, but it doesn't like grab you right away. It's i think it's more of a slow burn, but, um,
1: yeah what what did you watch on your flight there and back Biff
2: oh you know I did watch uh, I, you know I always pick a just random Japanese movie to watch so that I go watch it, uh, it I, can't, I can't remember the English title of it it was pretty cool uh, this weird basically they go through this 12 month cycle of this older dude who's a writer and but he lives off the land he lives uh, the kind of the there is a kind of a extreme version of uh, of veganism uh, called the shojin you know uh, uh, cuisine which is pra- practiced by certain monks and he practiced that stuff so it's like you know so anyway though but yeah just uh, kind of a cool movie just beautiful sights of uh, rural Japan and stuff like that but I have re- uh, restarted watching uh, Demon Slayer so I'm on season four so hopefully I'll, I'll get that you know wrapped up in a couple weeks but
1: yeah nice I uh, I finally got to finish watching Ahsoka uh, it, it's just great I mean Truly, it's my favorite. Yeah, it's my favorite of the Star Wars like spin off shows. The Mandalorian season one was pretty amazing. Yeah. And I'm being biased because Ahsoka is my favorite Jedi, and Rosario Dawson is one of my favorite actresses. Uh, it's, it's, it had all the stuff for, yeah. uh, you know, you had to, you didn't have to, but it helped. I mean, all these things can stand alone. Yeah. Um, You don't have to know the backstory of all these characters, but basically this is a live action um, season five of Star Wars Rebels, but 10 years later, like, so everybody's older and where Star Wars Rebels left off, this picks up. Um, And, you know, it's, it's the acting is great. The story is great. It ended where there's definitely a season two kind of has to happen. Um, You know, it it, it kind of has to, uh, but, you know, but it was fun. And I tell you, it was fun watching it with the little guy who he about two years ago fell down into the Star Wars rebel like, you know, wormhole. And so for him watching it where, you know, a, a B-list character that was from Rebels appears, how geeked out he would be, you know, uh, like like when management and I were watching. Um, when management and I were watching the Mandalorian and yeah. that scene where the x- wing in the last episode flies, the lone right. x- wing flies in and it's oh, like,' great, we're saved, you know right? <laughs> and then it turns out they were you know and and it's it, you know, it's Luke Skywalker, so yep. so this was he had a couple moments like that for him, and then both Joe and I. Uh, we we you know what maybe maybe we'll do a whole sideshow Joe and I talking about it, uh, or maybe you Biff if you're if you're really into it. But we watched the documentary on Albert Brooks. Oh yeah. Oh, which you know it, it was it it was him and Rob Reiner having dinner talking, right, right. flashing back because they yeah. have they have been friends for sixty. Yeah. They met yeah. sophomore year in high school. I think it was Joe. Something like that. Freshman, sophomore year in high school, and have been best friends, you know, ever since. Uh, I, I, you know, my my favorite part, and I've heard the story before, is Carl Reiner is on Jack Parr. I think he's on Jack Parr. Yeah. Was it Carson or Jack Parr? I think it was Jack Parr. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay.
1: And, and it, it's a sit down interview show, and. He starts talking about the funniest person he knows, his friend Rob, his son Rob's his friend, friend. You, know, yeah. you know, you know, you know, the 16-year-old. And here's, yeah. you know, Albert Einstein, which is his name. Yeah, you, you know, and and they got a laugh because you know, oh, it's Albert Einstein. No, so, but 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 Carl Reiner was telling the world that Albert Brooks is the funniest person he's ever yeah. met. And this is a guy who worked with Sid <laughs> right. Caesar for a decade. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he worked with Sid Caesar, Emma Coca. You yeah, go down yeah, the list of the people sure. he has worked with, and here he is telling the world, yeah, you know, that the funniest person he knows is this <laughs> 16-year-old friend of his son's. Uh, and it does. It, you know, it, it's heartfelt. It's great. Um, it, it goes through, you know, all his movies. I mean, what it, it – Best documentary you saw this year, Joe?
0: <laughs> Probably, I, don't know, I, I guess. Um, it, it wasn't too in depth. I don't know. It was a little, I guess it was more, it got more in depth when he started talking about his father, who was a comedian in his own right. Oh. He played the uh, character um, uh, Park Your Carcass. And he's like a vaudeville type act, um, but he famously died on the stage. Wow! At the, uh, at the Friars Club, like there was a big Friars Club roast for I think Lucille Ball and right. Desi Arnaz, and he went up, did his lines, got a standing ovation kind of thing, or a big, a big, right. big response. Sat down and literally put his head down on the table and died. Doc, is there wow. a doctor in the house? That kind of thing. There's audio of it that they didn't play, obviously. <laughs> but wow, um, yeah, like so, you know. And then that was the story in which uh. Albert Brooks's brother, Bob Einstein, a.k.a. Right. Super Dave Osborne, would um, go on talk shows later in his life and say, you know, he would recall, like, how, you know, that story of how his dad died, you know, made him feel as a teenager. And people would come up to him years later and say, well, you know, try to console him and say, well, at least he died doing what he loved. right? And he, to that, he said, and I would tell these people, you know, I hope... What does your mother like to do? Does, like, does she like you know doing the dishes? I hope one <laughs> day that oh, god. she's standing at the window in their kitchen oh, doing the god. dishes, <laughs> and a bullet comes right through the window and shoots her in the head so that she could die doing what she loves. Oh my god. Yeah,
1: and, and, and so it was the first time they were admitting a woman into the friars club. So it was a big function for Lucy you know, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz and everybody was there. Like everybody was there who was somebody in the comedy world. And, you know, and he was a comics comic. He had a radio show for many years, but he's killing and then he dies. And, but that documentary is great. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I watched it thinking, yeah, I, I know all this stuff, but you're still. But what's really great is it's two friends who absolutely love each other, yeah. kind of giving each other shit, yeah. you know, at the same time. Like, you know, uh, we've been friends for 60 years. And this is what it took for you to say something. <laughs> nice about me. He says to Rob Ryder, I mean, uh,
2: and you know, and obviously he's got great, you know, um you know, bloodlines, but it's still kind of. Bl- for I had a hard time adjusting to the fact, and similarly with uh, um, Ron Howard, but like Me had, is suddenly this great director, right? And I'm like, it, I, I, I had a hard time with that, just like you know, Opie is now, you know, or you know, or, or you know, Richie Cunningham is now a great director. It's like that adjustment, I had a hard time. Um, well, I had
0: was, the same with Laverne
2: yeah <laughs> sure.
1: no and what's funny is now go one step beyond that is yeah. ron howard's daughter yeah yeah you know, yeah, yeah everybody knows her bryce howard yeah as an actress but she's also a very yeah. very accomplished director yeah you know she did a couple
0: of mandalorian episodes she did yeah, yeah. and and, yeah. and of course Penny the
1: Penny Mar- yeah
2: yeah
0: she directed the one Penny those... marshall famously married
2: to uh, uh rob um, rob, reiner. rob reiner for a while right so
0: yeah
2: yeah one of my favorite yeah. uh Somebody asked about Penny Marshall as a direct. As, they, somebody asked Penny Marshall as a director. I think it might've been on the, uh, uh, on that, on the baseball movie. Um, and she Maybe goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah. League their own. And the, the comment was something like, yeah, Penny just kind of whines till she gets the shot that she wants. She goes, <laughs> come on guys. You know, I just, yeah. well, like, let's,
1: like, let's, br- let's bring it full circle. And some of the highlights of the Henry Winkler talk is talking about like, you know, um, Penny Marshall's Marshall. brother and and yeah. and Gary Marshall and oh, my favorite yeah. story was every time they fly, if there was turbulence or they're getting ready to take <laughs> off and land, Gary Marshall had a little satchel he carried, and inside was like a little cross, a star of David, a statue of Buddha. He had all uh, these. He's like, not taking any chances. And, and that's what he would tell. He would tell Henry Winkler, like I'm hedging my bets." <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, those, those people were awesome. Uh, what do we amazing. got for parenting tips, gentlemen? Um, I will say, um,
2: there. I think there are times when you want to let the kid enjoy themselves in a way that they want to enjoy it. And in the context of that is when I uh, it, when I went on this trip, I had these rough itinerary, you know, um, planned, and there were certain places that I wanted to. Like, you know, there were literally like restaurants that I picked up, uh, picked out and stuff like that. But when it comes down to it, you know, this I I, this was a trip for my son and not for me. Right. Even though I had a great time. But in in terms of it was it was for me in the in, in the sense that I got to spend this great time with my son, but it was for him to really enjoy. So, like, you know, I think it's one of those deals where people Often, like push like these itineraries. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. No, you know what? You got to enjoy yourself. And you can't like. One of the things that I we didn't we uh, he decided he didn't want to do was waste time waiting in line, getting to some restaurant that you know is supposedly great. You know, you know, and and it's, you know, what and that was and that, I think that was a great call. So we just went and we ended up t- you know going to plan B's and C's in terms of oh well, let's try to see if we could get in here oh. There's a line. Oh, oh, there's a line. So we know we just go to different places, and it worked out great.
0: That's great. Yeah. yeah. My parenting tip is, you know, thinking of Albert Brooks and Parker carcass Like, if you want your child to be a successful whatever astronaut, uh filmmaker, doctor, <laughs> be one yourself. <laughs> yeah. So that that way they can get into the family business a little easier um and you can you know impart your knowledge onto onto them as they enter the workforce uh, otherwise they're pushing carts, baby they got nothing uh so my parenting chip
1: is our, our little guy struggles with a bunch of mental health things and um oh so wait, wait the, is,
2: that, is that is his mental health you Yes, you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: if only it were that easy. It, it doesn't, it's not helping the situation, yeah. I can it's tell an you easy that. easy solution much. to that problem. You know, <laughs> you know uh, yeah, so so, so Caballudo has had some challenges, and he's had a therapist for years, and then we introduced into the mix an in-home behavioral therapist a year and a half ago, and now we've entered, uh, you know, a team, uh, a two-therapist a two, a two therapist team for family counseling. So So we have a full support team around him. And my parenting tip is get a full support team of mental health professionals around you and around your kid who's struggling. That way when he fucks up, you can blame them. (laughs) Why didn't you people fix him? What are you doing? We put him on the meds that you said. We're doing all these things. Why haven't you solved my problem? problem. So my parenting tip is get other people in the mix so that you can then blame them for your kids you know struggles and I I'm, I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And I say make your kids problem your problem. <laughs> yeah. It's this is no no the problem isn't what he's going through. It's more about what I'm going through because he's going through things you know. Um, yes. I I, I I full I endorse that approach to parenting. Um yeah, I, I wish I could blame others for my mishandling of my <laughs> of, of my kids growing up, but uh no, such so as it's not the case, uh-huh. but yeah. So I uh, I got nothing. Biff, take it out. Take us out. See, I I fumbled I even fumbled the handoff. <laughs> take us out. Make Why am toys. I taking this out? Why am I taking this out? You know because you know you're you're
2: you're you're, you're you know i'm a, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, no because you're you're you just come back from a, a world see. tour yeah. you have, sure you sure. have knowledge yeah. to impart on to us oh
2: i'm sure i do well you know i mean uh you know i think every every um i it kind of a unique uh, opportunity this time you know my uh, my wife never has wanted to go to Japan. She doesn't even want to go to New York because she hates crowds. So we knew all along that if this my is, uh, you know, if PJ. if my child ever went to Japan, it was just gonna be with you know with me. And you know what, having that great time where essentially part of it was that he had nobody else to talk to, you know, aside from me, right. And so in that sense, um, it was a a great bonding experience. And you know, as you get older, uh, don't forget. John
3: Tidehouse bastards pay With a gun that his smaller keeps scatter the strong out junkie it creeps away Sonnets Paving lax code The background sense Making money with the landlocked Gasoline Saving all the little printers And Vaseline <laughs> Little Mary goes to Catholic school she makes the priests and dropouts drill short skirts with white socks screaming Mary goes round and round the block She's a low, low lovely little girl Bed full lovely little curls And everyone says that girl's a Donuts, made a the back making money with the landlord's gasoline, all the little critters of bass Yeah, Making money with your landmum's gasoline Saving all your little thrillers with gasoline, yeah